Welcome to Golfonomics from Metolius Golf. In each episode, our experts highlight one metric from the golf industry and discuss how you can use it to save time, increase revenue, and run a better golf operation. Welcome to Golfonomics, episode two. And today, our metric is 5.2%. And I can't tell you exactly what that is because we're going to play a little guessing game at the beginning of the episode, but I think it will surprise you all what this 5.2% metric represents uh, as it relates to your your marketing uh, engagement at your facility um, and your digital marketing channels. Uh, So today with us, we have email marketing automation guru, Mr. Brian McCann, coming at us from where today, Brian? Uh, Lovely Naperville, Illinois. Fun fact, second largest city in the state of Illinois. No kidding. I didn't know that. It's vast. And also Katie Brandau, social media expert, Facebook expert, which we're going to get into in pretty pretty great detail today. We're going to give you some really cool tips on Facebook. Katie, where are you at today? Hey, Ross. I am in the beautiful Sand Lake, Michigan, northern Michigan. It doesn't get much better than that. Second largest city in Michigan? Not even close. (laughs) (laughs) I am Ross Liggett, and uh, I am uh, your host, I guess. And uh, I'm just here to ask some questions and try to learn some things. So let's get into it. 5.2%. Could be a good number, could be a bad number. Brian? Email marketing, open rate, 5.2%, good or bad? Oh, j- initial impression, bad. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. bad. You know, just on standard numbers, that's that's not good. Yeah. yeah any single digits open rate, that's a stinker of an email. <laughs> what about uh, click-through rate? That's pretty good. 5.2%? 5.2 be a good click rate? That would be pretty good. That sounds like you sent a good campaign with some... Uh, great messaging, great segmentation. You got people to get from your email to either your shopping cart or your website. So that sounds that sounds pretty promising. Katie, five point two percent Google Ads click rate. That's pretty good. Pretty good. You have you have some good ads out there. How about Google Ads conversion rate? Five point two percent. Ooh, you know, it's not terrible. It's pretty good. Yeah, it'd be pretty pretty dang good. You get one out of 20 people to fill out that form. That'd be at a buck a piece. That's 20 bucks for a, a inbound, you know, banquet membership outing lead. You don't have to have a very, very high conversion rate on that lead coming in to, to make some money off that campaign. Brian, what about uh, 5.2% as a bounce rate uh, for a website? You've likely created the world's greatest website. Uh, <laughs> you can reach me. My phone number is, no, uh, that's awesome. I mean, typically I see stuff anywhere. I mean, especially like new, not optimized. I mean, 80 isn't frightening. People with new websites, 90. Um, so if you get something below 50, doing something good, to have something below 10, like, holy cow. Yeah, you created Facebook. Yeah, you've built something that's incredibly engaging. So you're probably a, you're probably a billionaire and not listening to this podcast. <laughs> Speaking of which, speaking of Facebook, 5.2% is the average number of your followers that see your organic social media posts. One out of 20. Oof. Not good. Yeah, it's not good. And I think, you know, obviously we we 
we kind of know that this is the fact because this is the world that we live in. But I think this is a big bis- misnomer out there, right? I think people think when you post on Facebook and you have a, th- a thousand fans, followers, they're all going to see your post, right? But it's just not true. Brian, why is that? They're just teeing me up. What a perfect, perfect, perfect segue. Facebook is a business, people. They make billions of dollars on advertising. Billions with a B. And I'm not kidding. I believe the number last year, 2020, was $80 billion that they made in revenue, right? Which is what? Not like an insane amount of money. It's an insane amount of money. So $80 billion is their total revenue. Of that $80 billion, more than $79 billion is advertising revenue. So it's pretty much the only way Facebook makes money. The other way they make money is probably by selling our data, <laughs> which obviously is not as big of a, big of a you know, factor as advertising. So $80 billion, quick fact, that number's up 48% year over year through the first quarter of 2021. So we're looking at, I don't know, 120 billion maybe if that trend continues in 2021 in advertising revenue. A little context for all our golf friends out there. The entire golf industry, $84 billion. So Facebook advertising is as big of a business as our entire industry, uh, which is crazy to think about, right? It's crazy to think about a thousand people are sitting in an office building in Silicon Valley generating the same amount of revenue as our entire everything. Real estate, you know, green fee, car fees, memberships, equipment, golf cars, turf equipment, right? All of that, same size as Facebook's advertising revenue. It's insane. It's a nice reminder of how insignificant you really are. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but here's the thing, right? Facebook is a business and that number as we talked about, we live and breathe this stuff. So we've watched that engagement number drop over the years where it used to be way higher and then it got, it's gotten lower and lower and lower. And to combat that, I think probably people who are listening to this, who, who might be sort of aware that their engagement is going down, like, and they're managing their Facebook page with some regularity, they might see things like boost post um, and some other things without even getting into like the true full-on Facebook advertising. So they've, they've released some tools, right, to help you reach more people, but it is pay to play. You know, those eyeballs are valuable and Facebook wants you to, you know, pay for those things. Unless you create the greatest video of all time, like Charlie bit my finger, which I don't even know if I can talk about because they sold it as an NFT. So I don't even know if I have the rights to talk about that. Um, yeah, we don't want to get any cease and desist here. Yeah, but... <laughs> You know, unless you've got that kind of content, like you're not, you're not going to reach people without paying Mark Zuckerberg his money. So, right. The money is, is sort of the, the deal right behind that, the algorithm and why they decide to only show it to one out of 20 people. Katie, like from a super high level, uh, and obviously nobody that doesn't work at Facebook knows what the algorithm actually does, but from a high level, you know, what, what's, what's it all about? How are they deciding what content gets served to what people? Great question, Ross. So they, they almost take inventory and, and there has to be some type of a, a score system Facebook uses um, to figure out what content they think you'll like and they, they think you'll engage with. Um, and so 
Facebook will reward you for posting content that people are engaging with, people are liking, they're commenting, they're sharing. Um, Those are the topics that are going to show up repeatedly in the algorithm to anyone with a connection to it. So if you have a fantastic hole-in-one video and it gets likes, it gets comments, it gets shares, likely anyone with an interest in golf, eventually the algorithm would, it would end up on their newsfeed. It would end up on that list of something popular. Um, So really Facebook is, is using that algorithm to decide what content people get to see. And it's solely based on their interest and their behaviors. Okay. So you mentioned likes, comments, shares, right? So I post something out there, right? My 5% of people see it, but my goal should actually be to incentivize or, or create content that people want to like, share, comment, or react on, because that's what's going to signal the Facebook that this is good content that they should show to more people? Yes, absolutely. If you have a post with comments and likes and shares, reactions, as you mentioned, um, that is going to to show to far more people than, say, um, your Tuesday night couples league golf menu that no one no one has even commented on or, or liked for that matter. That's just going to hang out in, on your page. It's likely not going to show up, show up to the rest of your followers. So what do you have to... Uh... I mean, you've probably posted as much or more Facebook posts this week than as anybody in the entire golf industry. I mean, if I had to guess, you probably have 500 or so Facebook posts going out this week. What do people actually want to engage with? That's a great question. So um, it, it totally depends on the market and the course. So where where are these folks at? Um, specifically this week, we had a hole-in-one at one of our private clubs. And that is the content people want to see. They want to say congratulations. They want to have that camaraderie, um, that appreciation for the game, for the course, for the, the lady who hit the hole-in-one. Um, and it really just brings people together. So, you know, giving, giving people the feeling that they're there, they're in the moment, even though they're not, I think is a huge task to try to achieve in that. Interesting. So what about, well, let's play a little game. I like games. Let's play a game. (laughs) Membership promotion post, head golf professionals birthday post. Which one gets more engagement? Hands down, head golf professionals birthday post. Without question. All right. Uh, customer testimonial GIF versus Sunday night dinner special. Customer testimonial, not only for two reasons, though, for two reasons. It's a GIF, so that's automatically more engaging than just a static photo. And then it's also real time. That's, you know, people get to feel in the moment. They get to know what's happening at the course level in the moment, and that's what it's all about. But the GIF there, I think, definitely elevates that to the next level. So that one surprised me. I would have figured the Sunday night dinner special would have had better engagement. Brian, what about... uh? Sunday afternoon green fee special as a GIF in a post versus a story. Oh, man. Are you running it on Sunday? Ooh. I mean, you got to start it 24 hours before the special will begin, essentially. So you got you to you hit it on Saturday afternoon so that it expires about the time that it's no longer valid. Hmm. 
Man, I think story here because of the immediacy and just how people roll through stuff versus, um, you know, the feed. I think it's just going to get buried there. But I think if something's, you know, on the story, that'll pop out. People be interested in it if they can either swipe up or, you know, DM'd book or whatever the case may be. And I think Facebook's trying to get more people to use the stories to compete with TikTok. And so they're giving a little bit more weight to the story content because they want people to use those. So I th- I, I think stories would, would work in this one, but that's a close one and probably not one we have a great case study on or anything. Uh, but if you... Sto- let's talk about stories for a second. I think this okay. is an important piece of this puzzle, right? Because we had a whole episode about social media, which is great. You should check it out. Um, but like, this is the inherent web of content algorithm things like, you know, the people who are prolific on social media, Instagram, Facebook, let's just use them both because they're in the same ecosystem, right? It's this combination of things, right? This story using stories. And like you said, TikTok is, you know, obviously what people are trying to replicate with reels and, uh, Instagram and everything else. Like video content is engaging. Uh, Katie mentioned GIF, everything else, like static images. So it's like leveling up that game of like, what are you showing people? And I think stories is a great way to do that, right? Like by, you know, versus just like flashing up a static image, you could do a video, you could do something, you could show someone teeing off, you could, you know, make it interesting and engaging um, and likely get more eyeballs than if you just said like, hey, it's a special with some text and left it out there for no one to see. And I think like if we if we sort of go back through these couple examples that we just talked about, right, the, the ones that always win are the ones that are less promotional in nature, that are more sort of behind the scenes or giving people an inside look. And I think as much as the social media platforms have changed since their inception, since they weren't making $80 billion a year in, in advertising <laughs> revenue, they're still social media platforms. And as important as it is to make sure that the people that are in your Facebook audience know that you're going to do a, a, you know, a membership promotion or, or a, you know, Twilight deal this coming weekend. That is not in and of itself an effective way to use the platforms. Like in, unless you are being social on social media, you're 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 not going to get the benefit that you could. Yeah, and you have to post that stuff. Like you have to post the specials, the dinner menus, and other stuff because that is that's about curating your your feed and your place on that platform, right? Because if someone does see the engaging hole-in-one post, they're more likely to come over, see what you're about. And that's when you want that stuff to be there. So like, even though it's not like the most engaging thing, it's still an important part of the puzzle. So you can't like leave it out. Absolutely. But you have to find this balance of like good stuff, engaging stuff, and figure out what works. And in all likelihood, if you have some rock star hole-in-one video, like Katie had mentioned, it's going to lift up everything else, right? Because this algorithm is a decision tree of like, oh, hey, cool, golf course with engaging video. People like this. Do they like it because of who's posting it? And the next time people log on or maybe later as they're scrolling down the phone, they're probably going to see more of your stuff coming in that feed automatically. So it just behooves you to create engaging stuff to start with. And then let's talk about paying for it. Yeah. Like paying for that to see more eyeballs. Cause I think that's, that's the next part of this that we've sort of left out is that like, yes, you can create engaging stuff, but how do you optimize it? Because at the end of the day, right. You want, 
you want to make sure that those posts that do drive revenue, you know, the afternoon tea time special or the membership promotion or the, hey, we're, we're booking, you know, weddings for the coming season now that now that the pandemic is over with. You want to make sure those get seen as well. And I, I think one of the biggest things that people struggle with, at least in my conversations, are the difference or or lack thereof between the little button that says boost post versus using the Facebook ads platform to to spend money to reach more people. Katie, can you give us a, a two-minute rundown on the difference between boosting versus actually using the ads platform? Absolutely. So if you're an admin on a Facebook page, um, even an editor, you've seen that so that very tempting little blue square rectangle, sorry, um, that says boost post on every single post that you have out there. Um, whether it's your hole-in-one post or your Sunday night menu, that option is there for every post you do. Um, and quite honestly, it's the simplest form of advertising. So if you're out there listening and you just want to dip your toes in the advertising world and you want to see what spending money on Facebook can do for you, um, that is the easiest and simplest way to do it. So if you click that, um, Facebook automatically recommends who should be seeing this, where this should go, um, how long you should do it for based on your budget. And it's really the best way to optimize something in a, in a short amount of time. Um, and if, if you just want to dip your toe in and, and give it a try. Now, on the other side of things is the Facebook ads manager, um, which we love at most times, hate at sometimes. Um, <laughs> Uh, hmm. I would disagree with that statement, but go on, Katie. <laughs> I tend to hate it more than I love it. Full disclosure, we create all of our ads in Ad Espresso. <laughs> Just let's be totally transparent. Not unlike what people face with the algorithm is what happens with Google Ad Manager. Literally every time you log on, something has moved to a different place. <laughs> There's differences all abound. And like you just, you bang your head against the wall because you're like, this is so hard. So going back to this notion that Katie has done such an excellent job of explaining, like boosting is a great way to dip your toes in the water. Ad manager and like doing other advanced campaign stuff, like leave it to the professionals, full timers, hire someone uh, to help you navigate those waters because even for us, it's difficult. Boosting, I love that you said that like boosting is a great way to um, get into this and and see what your dollars can do for you. Because like you said, for a very nominal fee, it automates us. And by the way, let's talk about the profit monster that Facebook is, right? <laughs> if you're an admin on a page, like it even recommends to you, right? It'll say, uh, Katie, this post about the hole in one is performing by you know, X times better than your normal posts. Do you want to boost it for even more engagement? So, I mean, there's your big clue into the algorithm, right? Like it's already noticing what stuff you're doing. And it's like, hey, Katie, if you want to make some more, get some more likes and engagement and impressions, like give us some money and we'll show you how to do it. Um, but it's it's effective, right? Like it, it works. And it's kind of nice that Facebook is there to hold your hand through it, even though they're taking your money every step of the way. <laughs> I completely. So that's that that's interesting because we talked about this a little bit before, but deciding what content you're going to put money behind and what you're not, you know, you could use if if your post is already getting engagement, right? I I, I always say this in a, in a lot of different arenas, but don't swim upstream, right? Don't put all the money behind the posts that are doing terrible because you want them to do better. 
you know, you're, you're fighting the trend, right? Instead, put the, put the stuff behind what people want to engage with because then your cost per click is going to go down and people are going to get served more and people are going to share and like and comment, right? So don't, don't try to fight Facebook. You got to, you know, it, it, it's their world. We're, we're just, you know, we're just some little minions living in it. I think you're exactly right, though. Like, it's, there's no sense in putting lipstick on the pig. Like, put your show pony out there. If I, am I mixing metaphors? Um, like, if it's working... <laughs> Right. Like make it work for you until it's not. And it's a great idea to see, like, again, Facebook is going to show you stuff to, you know, maximize your profit, make you spend more money in the future. But you need to take a recognition of like, oh, this is what's engaging with my audience versus this other stuff. When I start creating more content or when I'm batching and creating more content, I'm going to do stuff like this. So like if you if you use this lesson along with what we talked about in the first podcast, like it's only going to make your, your social media more powerful, right? There's like a great signal here among the noise is like, see the stuff that's engaging, spend money on it, see how it performs, do it again, rinse and repeat. And it only gets better. Yeah. So you just got to maybe the last thing that we should talk about, but measurement, Mm -hmm. right? How are you understanding what posts are, are getting engagement how are you understanding if your advertising dollars are being spent effectively? Um, I know we have a number of tools, you know, in addition to our own proprietary tool. Um, but what are some, uh, Katie, what are some metrics or, or different ways, different um, things that people should look at uh, in order to understand how their, how their content's doing? So there's, there's quite a few different things to look at, but I think Facebook does do a good job um, getting you to spend money on their platform, but then also showing you where that money's going and, and how it's being spent. Um, so if we go back to the the simplest form here of boosting a post, anytime you go check out that that post on your newsfeed, if you click on it, you're going to see um, how, how many people you've reached, how many connections those folks have. So essentially you're seeing who's commenting, you know, where they're at, what's their demographic. If if you're noticing that your demographic on a post is age, you know, 25 to 35, that's that's a good indicator for you to plan and, like Brian said, batch your content in the future. Um, so really paying attention to to who's looking at it and then also where they're seeing it. Are they viewing it on mobile? Are they viewing it on their desktop? That, again, gives you a really good opportunity to plan and batch that content in the future um, based on device um, of when they're seeing this, if they're scrolling their phone, if they're checking their email at lunch and end up on Facebook. Um, that's a good indicator to have. So really, I think the, the biggest thing is to check out who's looking at your post um, and when so you can get a a better idea of how to plan your content in the future. So I'm looking at a couple of our dashboards right now and we we try to break total um, content impressions down into three buckets. Uh, That's kind of the key way that we like to look at it. So we look at organic reach, viral reach, and paid reach. Um, And so for the club that I'm looking at right now, pretty good advertising spend, a couple hundred bucks a month on average. But when you look at their uh, engagement, their organic reach is accounting for about 40% of their uh, impressions. Their viral reach, so that's reach that has been generated just because people have liked, shared, commented, reacted, um, is also about 40%. And then the remaining 20% is paid advertising. And I think that's a good breakdown for people to try to 
achieve. Um, if you can at least have as much viral reach as your organic reach, you're essentially doubling that 5% number as well. And then supplement with advertising on, on top of that to make sure you're reaching kind of a wide audience. Well, I think you also brought up a great point is like this course that we're talking about, the dashboard, you said a couple hundred dollars a month. Yeah. So even though this is a billion dollar, you know, revenue generator, like a small amount of money just lifts you up into a, a, another opportunity, right? Like minimal dollars. And I mean, I don't want to get too in the weeds with everything that's happening with the, you know, iOS update, but how it's impacting. <laughs> that's another podcast. That's another podcast. <laughs> but what we've noticed, right, is that Facebook compared to Google and some other platforms and, you know, there's some new players, but like has consistently always brought value and like conversions at a very, very inexpensive rate compared to other stuff. So like your dollar can go pretty far. You know, if you're trying to get banquet leads or you're trying to generate some stuff. So like beyond impressions, like if you're using it to like for a lead gen tool, like your dollars can go really far and you can spend not a lot of money to in turn make a lot of money, right? Like, I mean, think about it. One qualified banquet lead that turned out in books pays for your ad budget for the year. Oh, no question. You know, 10 times over. And and you can, you know, this is one of the things that I think we miss a little bit in this industry is that we can normalize the Facebook advertising versus traditional print, right? So if if a if a newspaper man comes to me or the, you know, let's say the local, <laughs> let's say we're we're weddings, let's focus on weddings. So we've got a little wedding business and we've got the local brides magazine, right? And it's going to cost us you know, $6,000 to run a full page ad twice in the, in the bridal guide, uh, in the, over the course of the year. Right. And that thing's going to get distributed to 50,000 people, let's say. So that's 50,000 impressions times two. Let's just assume everybody's going to look at the ad. So that's a hundred thousand impressions for $6,000 on Facebook it generally costs us about 10 bucks for 10,000 impressions. So to, so to reach the same amount of people on Facebook, it's one-sixth of the cost of that wedding advertising. So you can, you know, normalize this stuff and figure out where's the best money, where's the best place to spend your money. And like you said, Brian, you just get way more eyeballs on Facebook for every dollar that you spend than any other platform. It's that simple. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. And I mean, you add in the fact that if you're boosting stuff on Facebook and if you're cross-posting from Instagram, you're doing stuff like that, like there's also just the ability to hit multiple people in multiple places. So like you're not just limited to the Facebook newsfeed, right? Like you get into this crazy world of advanced advertising, like you're talking about multiple, multiple placements, you know, Instagram stories, Facebook stories news posts, uh, even like I get ads all the time in uh, marketplace. Yep. You know, there, there's so many places where you can show up and, you know, deliver. And, it, I, you know, the other thing you talked about too, Ross, with the bride example is great. Cause you're like, well, I know brides are picking up this magazine. Like, well, with Facebook, you can target people who are interested and based on their behaviors and things like that, um, who might be getting married. And so, not to say that it's just 10,000 people. It's 10,000 highly targeted people. And Facebook doesn't get thrown in the recycling bin after the first week. That's right. That's very true. 
and tra- tracking your ROI on Facebook compared to a magazine. So much easier. So much easier. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're we're all of the ilk, right? That like that's the way to spend money. But it's just, you know, we hear it all the time. We do it because we've always done it that way, <laughs> right? It's like the you know the thing we fear the most, but it's also music to our ears because it's an opportunity to have these conversations. And like we talked about on the last episode, right? Like, don't be on Facebook just to be on Facebook, right? Have a purpose, understand, know what metrics you want to track, know what things you're trying to get. Like today, hey, the takeaway is, you know, the metrics you want to track are engagement metrics because that's what's going to give you the most bang for your buck, right? If you know that going into creating your content plan, then you can create a content plan that'll actually achieve your goals instead of, putting a post out because you know you should put a post out. Amen. Let's talk about takeaways. Yep. I think that's good. So, Brian, what's your what's your big takeaway? Oh, man, I was thinking about mine. That's why I was asking Oh, Katie, what's your big takeaway? <laughs> mm, big takeaway from today, let's see. I think it's if if you haven't started advertising on Facebook, if you've been hesitant to get dip your toe in the water, I say go for it. Even like Brian mentioned earlier, even if it's just $5, $10, whatever it is, start somewhere and start today because you you will notice a difference and you'll notice a difference right away. So I think my big takeaway is, is get out there in the advertising world. And once you're sick of boosting posts, um, give us a call and we'll help you out with advertising. I, that's, that's great advice. Wow. I wish I could have something better and more eloquent than that. Um, but I'll try. I'll try. Um, my advice would be, think about your marketing spend. Right. Where are you spending money now? And if you're like, oh gosh, I don't have hundreds of dollars a month, you do. You're misspending money somewhere. And I think this is a great opportunity to say, like, huh, if I can get these eyeballs and these impressions and you know, increase my engagement and get some other things as a result, like a trickle down of like actually doing it, it's you know, it's worth your time. So if you're, you know, spending money on print and like flyers and things like that, where you're just like, I don't know, we just always do them. You know, that's the perfect thing to say, like, hey, let's skip it this month and let's spend that money on Facebook uh, or any advertising platform, if you will. But that's my advice. I would say I'm going to go a little simpler on the advice and I'm going to go back to the old call to action. I would say if we're trying to get people to engage with our posts more, we need to ask them to do that. Just like when you're selling something, you ask for the sale, right? So before you hit post on every on every post that you're going to make out there, ask yourself, what are, you, what are you asking them to do? Ask them to like the post. Ask them to react to the post. Ask them a question that uh, gets them to comment or share on the post, right? So just very simply, right before you push that post button, ask yourself, do we have a call to action? Are we doing something that's going to drive up engagement? Um, and just that small change can have a significant impact on the number of impressions that you that you make. Mm. or you could do none of that. You could call us and we could handle all this stuff for you. 5.2%, that concludes it for today. I hope uh, I hope everybody learned something new today or a little nugget of information. Uh, I hope 5.2% wasn't too surprising to everybody. And uh, we'll see you next week where we will unpack a different metric from the golf industry.